0: Best-selling crime author Libby Fisher-Hellman is joining us on Big Ben Radio Champagne Sunday show today because Ellie, her protagonist, likes wine. Uh, now she's <laughs> us to discuss Jump Cut. It's the fifth installment of her award-winning Ellie Foreman mystery series. It's published by Poisoned Pen Press. How do you, I, love, I that. love that. I, yeah. I know, right? Um, and, you know, champagne could have poison. Just put a little arsenic. It's all good. Extra bubble. <laughs> it works. Uh, with the addition <laughs> of Jump Cut, her novels include the four-volume Georgia Davis P.I. series. We've got to check that out now. And three standalone historical thrillers that she called her Revolution Trilogy. See, that's what I want. I know. Uh, her short stories have been published in quite a number of anthologies, the Saturday Evening Post, Ed Gorman's 25 Criminally Good Short Stories collection, and she was at the helm of Sisters Crime mm. in 2005. She was the national president of Sisters in Crime, And um, we know that that's good. I know. So she's into crime, okay? So go to her website, read her blogs, and get on board with her, LibbyHellman.com, and it's Libby, L-I-B-B-Y-H-E-L-L-M-A-N-N.com, just proving I can spell while I drink champagne. Of course, go to Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, all that good place, but uh, LibbyHellman.com. Libby,
1: champagne toast to you. How are you?
0: <laughs> Welcome.
1: Oh, I'm I'm overwhelmed. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And the blues riff that you played, that mm. definitely qualifies as Chicago blues. Heck cool. yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, Johnny
0: Messer and the Mama's Boys, he was influenced by that, and uh, so now they're in New Orleans. And, uh, well, that that kind of hits home to you. New Orleans has a little bit in there, too, I suppose. You know what? Well, yeah, I'm yeah. No, the blues. it's
1: good blues. Is the blues. Yeah. Blues, but, the know, blues is blues, exactly, and that's one of the reasons I love Chicago, is that we are kind of the, the center for the blues, at least in the northern part of the country. I've heard you've got really good food, too, like really good uh-huh. pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Pizza and ribs, mm. and, well, we have high, high-end food, too. I mean, uh, Italian food, yep, we do. I, we do. It's interesting
0: uh, Chicago By the way uh, I've got to congratulate Chicago Because it's one of the few You know Nancy and I Are traveling the country All the time And we're on a quest To visit all national park units And there's 412 of them And Chicago's one of the newest ones With yes. the Pullman Historic District mm-hmm. So we can't wait I, To get to your city to, Yeah Pullman I Historic I took a tour is, of
1: there I I took a tour oh, yeah. of the Pullman district a couple of years ago. Um, it's really mm-hmm. fascinating. It's kind of a little bit like Levittown in New York. It was mm-hmm. a, a city, an area that was developed by the Pullman people of the you know, the train train cars mm-hmm. and everybody who worked for the railroad lived in houses that were built for them in this area of the city. It's very interesting. Wow. Yeah, because I was reading too now that
0: it's a national historic uh, park or it's part of the National Park Service. It would be one of those unique things also like Stonewall in New York, which is our newest national park unit that made 412. Thank goodness um to continue uh showcasing the rights of all people in this country. Um uh, but uh-huh. then they're looking at having, it it's also commercial, too, so that coffee shops and restaurants are kind of coming on board to really, like what you're saying, people who are living in there, but it's really becoming more of that, mm-hmm. right, from what I've been reading about. It's
1: yeah, they thriving. have a restaurant now. It was closed when, when I went to it, but um, they do have a restaurant there now. It's all very interesting. I, it's parts of, you know, I'm not a native Chicagoan, so, I love to see places in the city that I didn't know existed, and Pullman is one of those areas. There's a lot of little areas like that that I have yet to discover. Now, what
0: I know that you were in broadcast news in DC. Mm-hmm. Now that's I gotta, was? that's something. <laughs> I mean, did, I mean, would, did you enjoy doing that? I mean, because I mean, is it true that you'd go and do the news, and then you know, I'm I'm just going back to what, what's my uh, what's your name? Oh my gosh, Murphy's Law. Murphy <laughs> Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown, not Murphy Brown. <laughs> Murphy Brown and then you go out there and then next thing you know in the bar and then you're watching the politician doing what they said they weren't
1: going to do. And, right, 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 right. Know, right. I was more like I was more like Mary Tyler Moore. I was a producer. I was uh, I was not on the uh, camera, I was behind the camera. I had a lot of different positions. I was mostly in DC, but I did work a little bit in New York. Um, And I was in broadcast for about eight years, and the thing about being in broadcast news is that I had six jobs in eight years, which isn't really the best (laughs) kind of record to commend someone, but it was just kind of the way it went. Um, The last job I had, I I don't even know if I want to talk about it, um, I was was NBC News from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., Okay, we're we're talking Ooh. like almost forty years ago, Boom. and it was the days in which um, women were not held in high regard. I mean, they, you know, this it, it just and the head of NBC News at the time was a former Marine, and he's okay. Oh, you women want to want to pull your weight? Okay, you're going to take the overnight shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um, well, maybe really you should have been in
0: the Navy well. like Gary. I
1: should have been. That's, that's a whole other story. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I lasted four months. And I, I just, I mean, I probably would have stuck around, but they laid me off. And so oh. that was kind yeah. of the last straw. It was like, okay, I'm not going to be president of NBC News by the time I'm 35. Hmm, maybe there's something else I can do in life. And so okay. I ended up moving to Chicago, where I took a job at a public relations firm. And I stayed there for eight oh. years because I wanted to prove to myself and to everybody else that I could keep a job <laughs> for more than a year. Yeah.
0: So I did. <laughs> well. I mean, you know what? It's so funny because we, we have a really good friend who has been in a career for years. I mean, really, uh-huh. really good at her career. And I'm, I'm trying to be because I know later she'll yell at us. We'll get a phone call. And then right. she decided to retire from her career and just do <laughs> different things, you know, and try different things for fun, you know. And, oh, you guys, we lo- I love this new job. I'm doing this. This is completely different, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Three days later, we'd get a phone call. I hate it. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't That's want not. it. But now she's back to her original career, and she's, she's but oh, no was kidding. about four or five jobs happy in between she, I mean, she was it on was a streak, fun. and every time we, she, we'd see the phone call come on the cell phone, we're like, okay, here we go. Get go. It. We'd get a yes. glass of wine and go, okay, get ready, and we'd place bets. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so now well, she's ruining I, our, our bet play yeah, thing because kind of re- in a job.
1: I kind of reinvented myself four times and the fourth time is the one that's stuck or let's say I'm still in it and that was writing books but oh, what you awesome. what you have what you have to understand is that was never even plan B in my life i never ever thought i would be writing mm-hmm. <clears throat> books writing fiction and writing crime fiction on top of it it just it just never occurred to me so if here's anything, my quote for the day here's my quote for the day Life yes. is
2: like a website, reinvented every two to three years. And drink a lot of <laughs> wine.
1: I agree. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with both crime. of those things.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. About, what is it about crime? Crime for yeah. you, writing crime, it's, and then having the the whole part of it being like the female, a female, a female, mm-hmm. uh, a woman being <laughs> part of this. Your protagonist, especially in the Ellie Foreman mysteries. What was it about crime, and then bringing
1: her in? Well, well, it has to do with Chicago. And I mean, you know, I moved here 30, it's been almost 35 years ago, but even Mm -hmm. then, you know, it was clear that I moved from Washington, which is not such a safe city either, but Mm -hmm. it was clear that Chicago, and one of the reasons I love Chicago is that it is a city of contrasts. I mean, it is light, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. You go downtown, there's the lake, there's Millennium Park now, beautiful landscaping, Um, You can go out in a light, nice little sailboat with a beautiful white wave. You can go to some of the finest restaurants. You go to the Gold Coast, you see beautiful houses. But you just better get yourself inside by the time it goes dark because all of those places that I just talked about get really kind of hinky after dark. And there are certain wow. areas of the town you just don't go into. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I went to the south side of Chicago for like two years after I moved here because I was afraid mm-hmm. to. Not afraid anymore, but there
0: you clearly get is just,
1: it's just yeah. it's su- such a contrast between light and dark, between mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who are working really hard. I mean, I've always felt that in Chicago if you had a really good idea and you were willing to work hard for it you could succeed i mean there were, there wasn't as much of the old boys or the old girls networks as there were or are on the east coast but That's on the they other don't want hand, to live
2: there
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. chicago <laughs> are you kidding i love chicago, chicago will take it swallow them, i think I think the old you can't you can't keep with the old way of doing things in cities that like pro- Chicago. Progressive cities. I don't think you can get away with it. I I just don't. Some cities are set up by old school, right. and they right. they really they're going to crumble because it's just not going. I think it's going to slowly not happen anymore, hopefully. But that's cool about Chicago. I mean, you've got crime and you've got like. Historic families, though, of crime there. That's, right, that's right.
1: Too. It's just, and then when you combine them, like, um, oh, my God, there's some very famous crimes that one that's never been solved, Senator Chuck Percy's daughter was kidnapped and right. murdered. Um, and so Ooh. you compl- Anyway, so the point mm-hmm. is that there's light, there's dark, there's crime, there's people that work very hard, and I was just really attracted to the dark side, probably because I was afraid of it, but also because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I started to think about it, there is nothing, I think, that's more heinous, maybe, uh, than someone who takes another person's life, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for their own reasons, for whether it's revenge or greed or jealousy, or anger, or rage. I don't know. Uh, mm. You know, I can't conceive of a crime that's worse, except slowly killing somebody. Um, so I just was kind of drawn oh. to the whole idea of who does it, why do they do it, and what do people do when they are either the victim of a crime or the perpetrator of a crime? How do they behave? I mean, they probably behave just like you and I do. I mean, who knows? We we don't know each other very well. For, for all I know, you could be going out there with your wine and your champagne after dark and committing murders too. So could I. Well, why not? No, no, no I'm getting,
0: I'm getting, we we no. can't shoot straight. No, no, but Me we've too. been on the other side. We've been on the other side of of crime, and we've been through crime. We've been yeah. through it. We've been, we've been. I mean, Nancy and I have lived a life where there's guns in our face. We've, you know, New Orleans, gun in our head. Um, yeah. We've been robbed, I don't know, 13, 14 times. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, some of them at gunpoint. We've been, let's see, you lost your brother to shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've been through the other side of crime, and we can tell a criminal that's going to do something by one look almost. And it's pretty bad when you get that way but -hmm. it's a good thing to have and eventually then there's you doubt yourself and then people if you say something people go oh you shouldn't be judging people blah 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 and then five years later this person turns out to be a complete psychopath and yeah so you know do you study a lot of psychology to to write Um,
1: not really i was actually a history major um, mm-hmm. And so when you were talking to your other guest about the Cuban mm-hmm. Missile Crisis, that really resonated with me. I'll tell you about mm-hmm. that later mm-hmm. if we get a chance, But and the Missile Crisis and stuff. But um, I was a history major, and I studied film production. I have a master's in film production. So if anything, oh, I wow. thought maybe I was going to be a filmmaker, I was going to be the American Lena Wartmiller, and I was going to dance with Ingmar Bergman, but that didn't quite happen, so... Uh I ended up right. yeah. Manav- yeah. i right. I I you know, when I say I've reinvented myself four times, it's always been around words and communication and and um trying to put an mm. idea across, usually in words or with images. So, it's not such a surprise that I turn to fiction because I love reading. It's probably my favorite thing to do in the whole world and it still is. Uh second to, and second is is uh, watching movies. So, you know. <laughs>
0: well, that well, this makes sense. makes sense for Ellie Foreman who's your main character in Jump Cut and obviously your Ellie Foreman, you know, mystery series, so this is the fifth one. Yes. And yeah. she's a video producer, so now you've got that background. And and everyone also, uh, you know, we, you've got a Libby's got a show on Blog Talk Radio called Second Sunday Crime too. So check that out and go to uh, Libby. <laughs> yeah, Bell we're neighbors. See all that. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I know. We, we are kind well, of neighbors. Pardon yeah, me. When we're on our next I said next time we do a show, our our next uh, champagne Sunday show will buzz you halfway through your show. We'll go <laughs> we'll clink you. <laughs> that that is my next we'll show,
1: right. I'm interviewing yeah, we'll a champagne bottle a your
0: way. way. It'll be right, full but do. we won't hit you over the head.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. We promise. But yeah, okay. Ellie
0: Ellie Foreman, I mean, she's got she's got the video production skills, so that goes with kinda of your life, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I did when I first started writing um, her, people would say, oh, she's just like you. And I would say, oh, no, she's not. She's taller and she's thinner and she has dark hair and I have light hair. And, you know, she's not at all. like. But she does have a video background and she does have a daughter, which I do. And she does live in the northern suburbs of Chicago. She does not. I do not have a father like she has. They have their, their hit Ellie's father is a fairly important character through the series, and he's pretty old, and he lives in an assisted living um, situation. But he is the one character that I all he whenever he gets on the page, he steals the scene. I don't know what it is about him. He's not at all like my father was, but he just says something or does something that you just he just he's wonderful. I love that character. Probably the easiest one to write. But I think he's Andy Griffith. <laughs> it's more like <laughs> Mel Brooks. I would say more oh. like Mel Brooks.
2: <laughs> That's funny.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. 2,000-year-old so man. Pick, who would, would <laughs> you pick to be Ellie?
1: What actress
2: would you oh, pick to be that Ellie? that
1: is so tough. Um, you know, at first I thought Marissa Tomei would make a great Ellie, but she's getting Ooh. a little bit too old. And then I thought, well, maybe Ashley Judd, and then she's getting a little, you know, they they all get too old for me. Ellie is probably in her 40s, maybe, and um, who was I just looking at last night? Oh, um, did you know that Amy Adams is, like, in her 40s? No, and I like her. She's she's really good. There's nothing
0: wrong with the forties, okay? Everyone nothing. Seems quite sizzling, yeah. um, stunning in their forties. <laughs> and I'm still 21. Who's the yeah. statement now Me, who's the a, the actress that played in Wheat? Oh gosh! Um, oh, Mary, Mary Louise Mary... Parker. Yeah,
2: That that's who. She I would be picked. fabulous. Yeah. Oh my God, she that's would an, be perfect.
0: She's a badass. Well, thank it, you. It would
2: work. That I think it, she would be
1: perfect because she
0: can wear high heel shoes and kick ass
1: at the right. same time.
0: Yeah. I just think exactly. that she's
1: exactly and she the has
0: character.
1: A, yeah, and she can have um, a doobie in her hand at the same time.
0: <laughs> that, exactly while drinking <laughs> right. Starbucks or wine because I mean, she drinks wine. wine all the exactly. time too. You know, right. I well, she she, she, has she has her
1: Starbucks. She has her Starbucks straws. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's really in there?
0: Uh, wow. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah probably wine probably, so,
0: so jump cut this was this is the fifth one, but I was reading that, and this is the first time Nancy and I have connected with you, so we're like into it. And Nancy's like Nancy's it's kind of almost ruined it for me, but I'm going to go read this on my own. Um, because <laughs> okay. She, you know, she comes running out. When when people run out and start telling people things, you know that they like. Yeah. And then book. this happened, and um, then that happened. But, but there was like a. Yeah. You, you did a 10 year gap or something in between. I did. Right? And, and were you writing something else, doing something? Yeah. What, oh, were you yeah. in another.
1: Carnation of, of careers? I, or? <laughs> no, 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 same career, but just different characters, different books. Um, oh, see the, the, the problem, both the joy and the problem of writing Ellie is that I write Ellie from first person. And when a mm-hmm. uh, writer is in first person, um, it's very hard to get into another character's point of view or to get into their head. You can do it, but it's not very... Graceful. It's kind of a, an abrupt shift for the reader. And I have done it. But the, and at the same time, the good part is that I think first person is the most intimate voice between a reader and a writer. Um, because mm-hmm. you really do know what's going through a character's head. Um, but I got to the point, and the other problem with Ellie is she's an amateur sleuth. She's not a professional detective she's not a police officer she's just like you and me she happens to be a video producer and she's got you know an insatiable curiosity but there are only so many times that she could have credibly gotten involved in a murder investigation before you say, oh, my God, that's Angela Lansbury, and if you go to mm-hmm. her town, every, everybody's going to be murdered. And having been in broadcasting, it's always been very important to me to be credible, to be authentic, to be as accurate as I possibly can be when I'm writing, even though I was writing fiction. So um, by the time I got to the fourth Ellie Foreman book, I was turning backflips trying to find a, a credible reason for her to mm. get involved. In a murder investigation, Mm -hmm. I decided that, you know, I was going to let her, at the end of that book, which is called A Shot to Die For, I decided I was going to let her go for a while and write about a character I had introduced in that series. Uh, Her name was Georgia Davis, and uh, you mentioned her at at the beginning. She's Mm -hmm. a private investigator, so Uh, thankfully it is her job to investigate murders and things. Mm. So that was wonderful, and I wrote four books with her. But then I had this idea about, I mean, ever since Edward Snowden came out with his information, and I I am, you know, whatever you think of him, whether he's a hero or a traitor, he did start a (laughs) conversation with the American people, which we are still having, and that is... How far do we want our mm. government to go in the name of security? When does it become a mm. violation of our privacy, and and where is that balance? And we still I have, have a you know, nobody question. knows. <laughs> what I have a better question. Don't they okay. have anything
0: else to do? Don't they have
2: any, <laughs> What, the government or the people? <laughs> no, the, the government. Don't they have anything
1: better to do? <laughs> uh,
0: what? I could say things. It,
1: definitely a valid question. But, you know, like I I am kind of a political person, I guess. So, I wanted mm-hmm. to write about it and particularly since there's yeah. so many advances in in surveillance technology and computer technology and things that you know you couldn't do 40 years ago you can do now the the job of a of a spy has changed radically i mean all you need is a flash drive instead of a dead drop and mm-hmm. so i wanted to explore some of those issues and as soon as i decided that's what i was going to write about i knew that the only person who could helm that or anchor that book was ellie so i brought her back from from um her isolated from isolation to to be the protagonist of this book and it, it ended up being it ended up going pretty well
2: um well i think it's her, i think it's a great book i mean i love reading it and it was a real page turner and yeah. I, I identified with the characters you know not, I, I just you know I, like I, ellie drinks wine no, oh. because she's got that kind of personality where she's yes. like, oh, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Or right. I'm there's not, I shouldn't scene in do the, this,
1: but I've, she finds herself the, doing it. Y- yeah. you, you, there's that scene in the in the restaurant where she has, I think it was her third glass of wine, and she knows she shouldn't because she's with the director mm-hmm. of engineering, and but she has it yeah. anyway. Yeah, Ellie definitely likes wine. Um, and champagne gives her a headache, though. I, I, she has told me that. Anyway. Well, that's uh, too bad. <laughs> yeah. So it was in, it was interesting um, bringing her back after ten years because her daughter, who was about seventeen or eighteen in the last mm-hmm. book, has now become. Well, I've aged her exactly ten years. Maybe she's now twenty six, I believe, in in Jump mm-hmm. Cut. But. They say in crime fiction that you shouldn't go after pets or children, and I don't know if I agree with that, but I kind of avoided having her daughter get into any kind of trouble. Uh, But now she's an adult, so I don't know if you've finished the book, Nancy. But um, Yes, I did. Okay, so you don't, know don't that see, I'm, I'm gonna not going to gonna say, say a word. I'm just going to say we that we,
0: Just so you know, we never actually finish books, normally on fiction books like yours, because mm-hmm. we don't want. Because it's, to give we, we, the especially we're drinking champagne, anything can happen. <coughs> but there's um, a but twist. We, but but uh, so I'm, I've got I've got like a whip here. So if she says anything, <laughs> I'm going to whip her. I'm going to whip okay. my mother. See, there it is. Crime goes down in history whip on the show. With it, good. Yeah. It really, really? No, but I, but it, but she finished your book, which means yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Sign. There's a twist to it. There's a definite. Yes, there is. Couple of twists at the end. The whip, end. whip is the thing th- here. Now, now,
2: this when you. <laughs> When you get to the first twist, you think, "Okay, I got it now," and, and we're done. And then there's another
1: twist. So there's a couple twists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's what that's know. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to misdirect you. And that's really fun for me. I love it. I I don't normally know what the twists <laughs> are going to be, but but my devious mind comes up with them as I'm writing. You know,
0: I, well, it worked I, I, well. It worked well.
1: I wanted to ask you, you
0: because, you know, as as we're talking, um Steve Schneikert, our Hollywood historian, is sending me pictures of Mary Tyler Moore, by the way, because we were talking about that. But <laughs> Oh, uh, Rob. I know. Oh, Rob. Oh, that's uh, funny. But, but no, but was, we were talking about the, the reality is when we were talking about, you know, the the lady from Weeds and, and stuff of your characters, you know, the, the, like Weeds, The Riches, mm-hmm. another show Nancy and I really love. Oh, I love that. They're great shows. Prison Break, right? All of mm-hmm. these series, they – they talked. They wrote themselves into a circle. The good wife did it, and they screwed up on the ending. Sorry. Oh, well, that was yeah, they that sure did. They 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 really messed it up. And, yeah. But, but it's and I think and so what I wanted to ask you is, as a writer of series, how I mean, how do you guard against doing that?
1: Well, you um, start a new series. I mean, I I kind of was at the <laughs> end <laughs> of my if rope. If you have L. L. more control than if you
2: sold your. If Ellie had a, if Ellie had been a PI. Then yeah. she could have stayed. She could have stayed, and not right? Have, yeah, she could have right. stayed. But then she's got a rich boyfriend. Now I like that that she has a rich boyfriend, because in why? a lot ah, of books, th- th- it in a
0: lot of books, you don't get a rich boyfriend. Oh well, tell us about the boyfriend. Is he like a? <laughs> does he have fireman qualities? VF well, aspects, you like have to a, read. You quality. have to
1: read a shot to die for because <laughs> that's where I introduce him. Um, he is the son of a of a railroad magnet and the family um invented or at least took the design of something called the automatic rail car coupler, which is a piece of uh, metal that connects Woo. cars together automatic and of course coupling. they made a fortune. Coupling, automatic coupling. And um, there were rumors that he took it from a slave who had developed it in the South, but wow. that has never been proven. Anyway, he um, there was a there was a scandal with his family, and Ellie kind of bumped into it as she was uh, investigating something else, and and they kind of got together, and they she really loved yeah she was very much attracted to him, but she also had ties to her former boyfriend, so there was a um, at the end of a shot to die for, I leave you hanging because I have somebody coming to the door, and I don't tell you who it is, whether it's the old boyfriend or the new boyfriend. So well, you left it hanging
2: up, in this one too.
1: Yes, two. I did leave it. Yes, yeah, and that, I can't
2: say because then, but so which is good. <laughs> do you do you think now you've got you know you've got the the film experience. Why mm-hmm. don't you make this as a as a TV series? Because you can put it on YouTube
0: or what's that? What Hulu?
1: Yeah, Hulu yep. or something Amazon,
0: like Amazon,
1: Netflix. Yep, all of that. Yep, yep. Oh, yep. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> I <about> am that. <laughs> I You'll am answer. taking an online course with Aaron Sorkin right now. Um you know he wrote a few good men. he wrote West Wing mm, he wrote the right the social network mm. he wrote american president. He is an incredibly talented writer, and it 's on screenplay writing, and I guess i'm kind of coming back to my roots after all of these times i'm
2: yeah i'm going to take mm. the uh
1: yeah i'm going to take the mm. uh short story and adapt it into a pilot. I think for um, For Ooh. a series And then I also have something That's sitting at Amazon right now That they're trying to decide on It's not the Ellie series It's the Georgia series So we'll see mm. Georgia's well, a little more hard so Hard-edged, more you, hard-boiled PI Who would you pick to, Who would you pick to be
2: The Rich Boyfriend actor? what? Oh gosh
1: Whoo. Hard mm-hmm. to say. Anybody would do. I mean,
0: oh, <laughs> there goes hmm. well, No, 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 no. I don't how about, know. There's I mean, so many. How, I, I don't how know. about
1: Kevin Costner? He's a little oh. long in the tooth now, too. But I he, know. I love Kevin anybody. Did you see okay. No Way Out? Did you see that movie when he was in the Navy? Speaking yes. of your former guest, oh my God, yeah. that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he turned yeah, out to be. So, well, I can't. I can't. Mm. Wonderful movie. Anyway. Mm. Um, you yeah, no, no would spoilers. have to be a little bit younger than Kevin okay, Costner. Okay, a young Kevin Costner. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. How oh, that about would that? Work.
0: That would work. That would. Oh, wait a minute. Colin Firth.
1: What? Yeah? And it goes quiet.
0: Colin Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth. Colin Firth. But, Call him gotta, first. Yeah. Okay. No, Colin, okay. Colin, uh, Colin
1: Firth. Oh, Colin Firth. Yeah, that would be good, too. <laughs> I couldn't Colin understand you. I thought you said, <laughs> Colin See, this is what
0: happens from Tucson to Chicago. We, 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 communication. No, I know. Um, But Colin, but Colin Firth, I mean, just because he's hot, that's the only reason I say that, because yeah. he's got like a – yeah, I mean, he's, he could be rough around the edges, he could be completely sexy, and right. then he can kick some butt, he could go right. into a business scene, he can do anything he wants, Colin Firth can do right? anything he wants as far as I'm
1: concerned. Speaking of Brits, have you noticed how many British actors are now playing American characters and they do American accents beautifully, they totally lose yes, their British accent? Yeah,
0: it's really odd. Well, yeah.
1: here's and the deal, I, I
0: have a... I have a I I think that there's a reason for it. But in the meantime, <laughs> Steve says that Bradley Cooper would would be good.
1: Oh, that <laughs> oh my would God, be he's perfect. Too busy. Cars.
0: Actually, Bradley
1: oh, Cooper would be Bradley Cooper would be great for Georgia. I want Naomi Watts to play Georgia. I do, I do, I do. She she is oh, she's a, good. She she's wonderful and I can see Bradley Cooper as the guy that she um, ends up within the fourth book. That would be great. You've got to be
0: careful because now it gets political with Bradley Cooper, though. Because I mean, he went to the Democratic National Convention and he wasn't supposed to, apparently. Because Why not? He was in the American Sniper. I don't know. Just speaking so politically, what? right? It, what, what, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't. It shouldn't even get that way. Just saying. But you know, yeah. but, but you were talking about the British men doing. It's really true. You know, Nancy and I have been. <laughs> we we've been on the road for three years. And so yeah. now coming home back to Tucson, we're catching up on some shows like Graham Norton that we love and, uh, dearly, and we, we we just love British sense of humor. I mean, it's just so much more yeah. funny over there compared to here, unless you get Seinfeld or something. And he um, he, uh, when you watch Graham Norton, you see all these Americans go over there kind of in shock that you can say anything, and you see the British <laughs> have this this quick this quick humor, <laughs> yeah. and there's this quick-wittedness that I see and I don't know what it is about how they're able to do the accents and the Australians are, but I wonder about the the younger generation now of actors, I don't know some of them, I don't know if we've become I don't know, just there isn't this it's all about pretty boys and pretty girls. Yeah, it's because we have it's not lot yeah. about character. The, the, I feel like we've lost the character, character. actor in some way. Exactly. It's in character. In the last 10 years, where are the character actors? Bradley Cooper is a good right. character I actor. I mean, they all look the same now. But we need more yeah. character actors. And England is built on character actors when it comes to theater and film. and Big, big time. time. It's, it's character acting, whether it's humor yeah. or not. Yeah.
1: So well, I think only that's watch. what I think. She is Australian, yeah. I think. So, um and the, anyway. So, um actually Georgia does have a cameo in this book. More even more of a a couple she's in a couple of in, chapters. In Jump Cut. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um so, yeah, so Jump Cut is a true thriller. Um there is something happening on almost every page and it's almost gets out of Ellie's control. In fact, it does and um She's forced to do something she doesn't want to do when she does it because the stakes have gotten sky high, life and death. And then at the end, she wants to, you know, kind of be the white knight or the white knightess or whatever we call female hero hmm. and um, go and tell the world what's wrong. And she can't do that either because she's kind of trapped by the people she's been associating with and what she did. So it's um it's kind of an interesting it's kind of got a noir ending even though it's a happy ending no one you know all everything is is kind of packaged Don't up say every, it.
0: Don't say I'm, it. I'm not going to say out, that the I,
2: but, but I wanna, it's not I want to say something I want to say something about drones because there's um oh, the drones, a bit the drone right. drones that right, when, you know, when 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 Lisa and I first lived in Tucson, we were sitting on our back porch and this thing kind of flew over and made these electronic sounds. And we're like, man, that's the biggest dragonfly I've ever seen. And it happened about three or four times. And we were like, what the heck is that? And then once we went on a a walk and it followed us and we were like, what the heck is that? You know, so I remember that feeling of, Man, you know, I've really had too much champagne (laughs) Or
0: (laughs) what the heck is that? So, you know, it was like the privacy thing with that is not cool And and, and, and they kept coming, every time we'd have happy hour It would (laughs) come down (laughs) And I think oh, it was the funny. one time I turned around, I gave it the finger, right. I said something to it, and then one day I lifted my shirt and said, is that what you want? And then <laughs> I realized never came back. <laughs> I'm, I'm now having this crazy thing happen to a thing in the sky, and what am I doing? Because it just mm-hmm. it, it made me so mad. And then I was like, oh, yeah, really? You want to see something here? And then I was like, what am I doing? That's the stupidest thing. And in the meantime, it was university things doing. But it they was, would come. Yes. Every time they saw we were out there having wine time, they knew, go mess with these two. And that <laughs> well, was that's the privacy funny. thing. But it followed us on our walks, which did not, like, work out That for is us. weird. That was just. So, it was yeah, very clearly odd. Was a, I was not going to flash them at that point. So, right. so when I was
2: reading well, this, you know, and I thought, gosh, you know, that is, a, it's, you know, the drone thing is something people need to think about.
1: It's a well, problem. They are ubiquitous, but these are it's, attack drones. We can talk about the premise of the book, which is that Ellie is yes. is making a mm-hmm. videotape for a. Um, large air, uh, airplane manufacturer in Chicago. It's kind of a thinly veiled Boeing, and it's got both a, um, a military side and a consumer side because Boeing is enormous. And Ellie is working for the consumer side. She's kind of making a fluffy video about how wonderful their planes are and how quiet they are and how safe they are. But she needs mm-hmm. the approval of some of the executives on the military side to make sure that uh she hasn't, you know, unconsciously yes. made anything slip or given out some trade secrets. And the vice president of engineering, who happens to be a woman, sees something in a couple of Ellie's scenes. Actually she sees someone in a couple of Ellie's mm-hmm. scenes and gets freaked out, and um, Ellie at the time doesn't know it's because she saw this guy in one of the scenes, but she ends up telling the people who are looking at the video with her that it's an amateurish video, and her 12-year-old son could have done a better job, and we will be the laughing stock of the Fortune 500 if we go ahead with this, and one thing leads to another, and Ellie's fired, Um, and You've made she, me mad right there, okay? I
0: just want to go bite me because, you know, I know those types. I know those okay. types who think they know. But anyway, sorry, I, you, you just made so anyway, me mad. So anyway, decides,
1: after Ellie drinks a bottle of wine and cries and gets gets herself back on track, she decides she's going to track down the guy in the video and find out what
2: What's made
1: What's going on? Maybe she could figure it out and get back into their good graces and continue with the video. And um, so she agrees. They agree to meet downtown at a subway intersection. And um, the train comes in, and there's a flash on the end of the platform, and it turns out that the guy she was supposed to meet is thrown off the – or maybe jumped Mm. off the subway platform, and he's dead. So, Ellie is, hmm. uh, I guess that's, that's not the inciting a- action, that's an obstacle. So, you know, all the police are coming, and they're asking who saw it and what was going on, and Ellie doesn't want to get involved, and she's just sort of scuffing her feet and waiting for a chance to get away, and she sees a pack of cigarettes down by her feet near where the guy jumped off the platform. And she picks it up, and inside there is a flash drive. And Mm -hmm. so she takes the flash drive and puts it in her purse and goes back home on the train. And that's really how the story starts. It's her trying to find out what's on the flash drive. It's encrypted, of course, and it leads her into all sorts of places that nice girls don't go. (laughs)
0: I'm I like this. I like that. I, I like the whole well setup said. of it and uh the story of it, you know. It's yeah. It's fascinating to me. I I you know the the whole thing of finding a pack of cigarettes is interesting. <laughs> Cuz you never know that makes you, you know, but then having the jump drive and there were the flash drive well, and you know, then I I would be running to my computer immediately. But then I'd be wondering, like, if there's something crazy they could take over my computer, do you put it on that yeah, your you, own computer? Well, that's, ex- another, that's exactly what Ellie library. does.
1: <laughs> she tries to open it on her computer, wouldn't you? And um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. it doesn't open, mm-hmm. and she finds out that yeah. it's encrypted. So yeah. anyway, that begins the story. I don't want to say too much more, except that the vice president of engineering, the woman whom who fired Ellie, um, has just been involved in designing a new uh, military attack drone system. When you were talking about drones, it reminded me. Mm-hmm. So these are military drones that can either, um, you know, do surveillance or drop bombs or whatever they want. The military wants them to do. So anyway, it's, so it's, yeah,
0: it's it's all it. It your your writing of the. Uh, the day we're in the time times yeah. we're in which is always interesting you know you go back to mysteries like Agatha Christie and you know it's it's so interesting like i i watch old things on tv like old you know the old mysteries and they'll have the music dun, dun, dun. yeah yeah and then yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, well, what are you thinking, you know, kind of sounds, and then you read books, and then you, it's like now when people are writing about what is happening now, I find that really such an interesting jump, you use that word, but it, it's that jump, we're in that new age of, right. yeah, we have technology that we did not have even five years ago, and ten years ago, because it's happening so fast, and in a way, I believe that, you know, fiction writers like what you're doing, you guys are actually writing part of our history. So someone down the road, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago that doesn't remember what a flash drive is because it'll, they'll be obsolete by then, will understand what we were living in. So you're writing history in a way.
1: exactly why I love writing crime fiction, because in crime fiction you're allowed to slip in an issue or two. And as long yeah. as you do it well and you don't beat the, beat the reader over the head and you don't, you know, preach, yeah. you know, you can do exactly what you said. You can write about current events or past events or something. And people will remember it. I have to tell you what kind of made me start thinking about writing mysteries. And it was exactly that. I had been reading a lot of thrillers, and it was always, you know, the world's going to blow up, but the hero saves the world from blowing up and walks off into the sunset with his girlfriend. And my mother, who is 96 years young, by the way, is a, is a huge mystery Good for reader. her. And I was and that's what she does. I mean, she reads mysteries. And um, I was telling her, you know, about my frustration with the thrillers, and she handed me a book by an author who unfortunately is no longer with us. His name was Jeremiah Healy. And she said, here, try this. And it was his second book. It was called The Staked Goat. And it was about a mystery. Somebody was killed. But the issue underlying the mystery was the aftermarket of Vietnam arms, that when Mm. we left Vietnam, we left all this Mm -hmm. equipment there. Same thing we did in Iraq and Afghanistan, and there was a thriving black market in weapons. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, wow, that is really cool. He's doing a mystery, but he's also talking about this stuff. And I said, I didn't know you could write history or current events in a book. Um, And so that got me kind of got my juices going, and I started to think about writing
0: I I love that and and it's so true about what happens with arms. Now you've got me on a trip. Uh, it's true because it's, even here in the border patrol, the, they, <laughs> they 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 to catch cartels, they decided to take arms over to Mexico and leave them in places so that whoever picked up the guns as bait would be caught. And, of course, the guns now ended up on the other side and are used to kill our own people. Of course. So there course. you go. Uh, it's, isn't it a similar thing? I mean, it's like, and then Vietnam, I want to say they not only left guns there, they dropped a whole bunch of Agent Orange, too. So, the, um, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, hmm. Can, called Monsanto. Can't
2: you,
0: can't you do a Monsanto do
2: do thing? Like a
1: Monsanto, um, I mean, you mean, seriously.
2: You know, that would be cool. so
1: funny. You know, I told you I work for a PR firm. Um, and... Not Monsanto, wow. but Searle, but, oh. um, which sold aspartame to Monsanto, who hmm. makes it now, was one of our oh. clients. And this oh, was right oh. when aspartame was coming oh. out, and everybody was saying, oh, it's no good for you. It'll give you seizures and we blah, blah, blah. And, jo- and my job yeah. was to, um, one of my jobs was to train Searle <laughs> people to defend aspartame. Oh. Uh, talk about being on both sides of the fence. That was interesting. Oh, um, anyway, so yes, wow. I would love to write about Monsanto and 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 Agent R Ar- Napalm was uh, was mm-hmm. Dupont. So uh, yep. yeah,
0: wow. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah here we go. Who Re- knew what we well, were going to talk well, about on today's okay, show? Wait, but, it, but, oh, go and, ahead. And,
1: okay, and we should in, all
0: be in person. This I is hard over uh, phone here, but and you know, I come you to make Tucson. A point.
1: You know, yeah, I come in, to Tucson in, almost every year. Um for oh, the Tucson well, we Book Festival. To, we should
0: Oh, are you gonna come oh, are you cool. gonna, it's in March, isn't it? March, April. Yeah, November, I'm not coming
1: I'm not coming next year. I was there this year oh. though. I was there in March. Mm. So one yeah, one of our writers,
0: fun. Eva Eldridge, had I I was saying that you were coming on the show. She's a sister in crime and she's like, I think she was here at the book festival. Uh she's like what about you? she yeah, because yeah. she's a sisters in crime, and I know that you helmed that for a while. So, yeah, well, if yeah. you, you come to Tucson, let us know. But we'll let you know when we come play in the Pullman District, and we'll go have wine. But Actually, Nancy, Nancy, you bet. Before Nancy's mind goes with the next bubble. Yeah, no,
2: yeah, well, the, the, you, you, you brought up issues in the book, and just what we're talking about now, that made me really stop and think, because you do tend to forget some things. The drone issue is a big, big issue. For example, somebody flew a drone into the guy's Old Faithful at in Yellowstone. You know, that's right. Yeah,
1: you know, there's somebody flew a drone into the White House. A drone Uh, went into the White House lawn. Yeah, that was John McCain.
0: No, 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 don't even (laughs) start me.
1: No, no, I'm not. No, let's not talk about Arizona politics. I I just <laughs> oh, can't handle it.
0: Don't even, don't even. Oh you, gotta God, you gotta live in what a state.
2: You press the wrong button. No, okay. no, it wasn't No, you've him. gotta
1: <laughs> live in a state like Illinois, which is all blue, and there's just no way, no two ways about it. But really, but that's you, you totally wiener, wrong.
2: You, wasn't the wiener was from the you? The has got his own drone. No, in his he's New control. York.
1: He was totally New York. He was not us. We do not have wieners here. Okay, sorry.
2: Here. We get confused.
1: Sorry, yeah. that's not no. that's not a good confusion I see to have, point, obviously.
2: You know, this wiener
0: with wings. <laughs> a wiener with a wiener <laughs> could come to your town near you. I can see this like little character, forget Superman. Oh, so that's the drone issue. It could be a wiener that's it. with a wiener. It's like, forget <laughs> Superman. You but too could have a wiener who could come to you, your town. Oh God. You, also,
2: you also bring up the the fact that the government outsources like 70 80% of the money the government gets goes to big corporate America to do the government's job for them, which is an issue. Yes, and that is a big issue. And another issue is uh, how rough or tough can you get with China when they bought our debt? People tend to exactly. forget that the Chinese Exactly. Exactly. I think I mentioned that in the yes, okay, you did, and it made me stop and sing. And then you okay. and coming in an election year and looking at who's going to do what and who to elect and who's right. going to be really tough on the Chinese. Who may not right. even get that fact, and it might okay, be a rude awakening.
1: You're right. But you, you walk know what, in Nancy, and think, you, "I'm going to be
2: tough with China. It's going to be right. huge oh, when I get it. there. Stop. No, it's going to be huge." Say, oh, what do you mean you own us?
1: Right. <laughs> so I, you know what? You reminded me of of something I did want to mention about uh, jump cut, and there's a whole section in there about the Uyghurs, and mm-hmm. um, and. A lot of people have no idea what I'm talking about, um, so yeah. I'd like to let them know. Explain. The Uyghurs are a um subculture, they are um Chinese, they are they are in China, but they're in on the western southwestern edge of China and they're really they're half Caucasian and half Chinese, half Asian. And they have more in common with the countries around them being Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, a lot of the the Stan countries, and of course they're Muslim. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Muslims are the second largest religious Mm -hmm. minority in China. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because they're Muslim, the Chinese have been accused of discriminating against them for decades um, they have you know, not allowed them to go to school, they have not allowed them to practice their faith, they have not allowed them to do all sorts of things. And in fact, in their area, they have specifically brought in Chinese natives to take most of the jobs so that the unemployment among the Uyghurs is very high. So some of the Uyghurs are... You know, they're upset about it, and they're, dem- they're doing as much as they can to demonstrate. China then has turned around and said, these are violent, radical jihadists, and they're not. Mm. Or the evidence is that they are they are not. They are simply looking to have a little autonomy and to have the discrimination against them lifted. So anyway, again, there's no answer to their situation, but I did want to... Um, talk about them in the book, and I found a way to mm-hmm. weave it into the plot, which I think worked out pretty well. So yes, when you it, talk about, yeah, when you when it you talk go about it, there's no happy. There's just no answer. Yeah, there, it's spelled. I think it's U H, or U U H G U R S. Yeah. Um, and it's pronounced Uyghurs, so it's really That's complicated. Weird. But there, there are absolutely no uh, answers mm-hmm. to all of the issues that, that I raise in Jump Cut. There, you know, if you're a conservative, if you're a John McCain, you can, you can talk about them in one way. <laughs> and if you are a liberal, you can talk about them in another way. And um, I tried to stay as apolitical as I could.
0: It's hard these days. I mean, it, 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 it it's hard to be – you have to be – it's like we try with our show, but at the end of the day, like, we all have a message. We all have a mouth in some way. So it's sometimes put the – it, it's about education and enlightenment. And um I don't know, when you see something really wrong – it's different in a book because a book – well, they all laugh. I mean, even in the show, yeah. they all last. You have yeah. to kind of balance it as best you can. But I, I want to ask you about Sisters in Crime – you know, sure. this, it, it's women crime writers, is that something that you've found? I know that you were the national president in 2005, but how has it helped you as a writer? Is
1: it something that you still feel is, is an important tool for writers? Uh, I do. And I think that, you know, it was founded by Sarah Peretsky, who lives in Chicago, by the way, about 25 years ago. And it was predicated on the fact that there were a lot of mystery writers who happened to be female, but they were not earning nearly as much as the male authors, and even worse, they were not being reviewed as frequently as male writers. So if a woman writer, it's kind of like, you know, does a tree fall in the forest, can you hear it? If a woman writer writes a mystery and nobody reviews it, how are you going to find out about it? So Mm -hmm. one of the missions of Sisters in Crime is to get more women uh, reviews of women-authored books. And uh, sometimes we do well, and sometimes we don't do well. Some years are better than others. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now it's not so good because the whole industry is in chaos, but that's a whole other show which we can talk about sometime, Mm -hmm. Uh, the book industry. So a lot of yeah. review sources have dried up and those that remain don't really want to they want to go with the people that they you know the established people that they've always gone but you know Lee Child It's like music industry The music industry
0: Exactly. Yes, industry, um, same it, thing. I mean the Am- the Amazon industry which is good I mean it's just basically Amazon is running on people's Trust in pocket that they'll get something if they if they have an account it's an ease of operation, right. but it does actually help because some authors musicians uh business owners with products may not send their stuff out in time, so in a way there's some positives
1: and yeah. then
0: there's you know yeah, so there's yeah. a balance there but it's but it is it is it is a weird thing there's like the reviews of how who can write a review? Okay, Nancy, right. don't you dare review my book because you know me. So therefore,
2: right, 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 you you'll review. get in trouble. Yeah, we're not. You know. It's it's interesting. We're not allowed to review books on Amazon because we are a magazine. Yeah, really.
0: People, I yeah, wow. all kinds of weird stuff
1: no, like that get, on. Just you should be listed in the editorial section, just not the customer reviews. You should write oh, the review and. And then tell them you belong in the editorial section, which is where, you know, the PW reviews and the book list reviews and what your former guest was talking about, the forward, well, forward reviews doesn't yeah. get into the editorial section, but you could. Um, wow, it, the really? Why doesn't list, forward get in there? I don't like, know. Kirkus, Chicago, you know, Sun-Times. There's four basic. This is tra- weird. Weird. No, the last time yeah, I weird. tried it,
2: they just said, no, you can't. And I'm like. Well, bite, bite me.
0: me. Yeah. Okay. So look
2: at you're
1: looking at the wrong place. You've got to go to the editorial reviews okay, look and at that. say that's where okay. you guys belong. Thank you. Yeah. We'll anyway. go
0: in there and start because yeah. yeah. But okay, speaking so, of Libby, the other. This is yeah. There's there's some industry shows we'll be doing soon, so we'll call on you for that. I, I want to do that, but okay. um, Before we get your champagne toast and say goodbye, I do want to know what's up with the cube You know, with Gary Slaughter. I mean, he really was the person at the very end part of the Cuban Missile Crisis, going, okay, to the Russians. They gave him bread, cigarettes, um, you name it. And wow. the, I mean, it was it was. I, if you've seen. Um, the man who saved the world. It was a PBS special done by Bedlam Productions, and I encourage people to go watch it. it done mostly on the Russian side, but it was truly it. Like it was like, okay, we're not going to blow each other up, and then here comes right, the it was dropping down.
1: Right. I think it was Khrushchev, Khrushchev who made the decision. You know, he ah. was the one that decided he didn't want to uh, yes, blow it up would the be world. But anyway.
2: He was during JFK's administration. Mm-hmm.
1: It was right. he was banging right. the shoes on the stage. Right, right, of stuff. right, right, right. So yeah. so my connection is, you know, I did write some standalone thrillers, historical thrillers, and one of them is about Cuba. And I've always oh. been fascinated. Yeah, it's called hmm. Havana Lost. And it starts during the Cuban Revolution and then it go it works its way up to the present. But I was in Cuba to do research for the book, and the Nacional Hotel in Havana is Mm -hmm. uh, one of the fanciest hotels still in existence, and behind the Nacional, near the um, bay, is a bunker, a concrete bunker, Mm -hmm. and it was originally built in the 1800s or the 1700s, and it was kept open over the years and it was going to be the place that all the top officials in the Cuban government went if the if the US launched a nuclear strike. And wow. so now that it's you know out it's not going to happen that bunker has been transformed into a museum all about the Cuban uh, missile crisis. Oh, but it's really? all in Spanish. Wow. It's all in Spanish. My daughter was with me, and she she reads and talks Spanish, so she was translating for me. But, of course, they have totally different ways of of framing it, as well they should, because they're a different country, and we were enemies for so long. Mm -hmm. That was one of the reasons, because Mm -hmm. I was just so, I was so entranced with Cuba. They used to be our friends, and then they became our enemies, Mm -hmm. and they were, quote, Mm -hmm. communists, and how, what happened? And uh, Anyway, that's a whole other show. Yeah, you know, I have a thing talk about, about
0: Cuba. About like you wouldn't believe, I have a thing about it, and it's about the music too. We've interviewed yeah? quite have you a been? number of. No, um, not yet. We have to go. But we've had okay. rum from Cuba from our dentist in Mexico <laughs> years ago in Ensenada when we okay. lived there. Um, that was great. But no, I, we've interviewed a, a, a number of uh, writers and photographers who've gone over and uh, given license, and we're interviewing a gentleman um, in September. Who is a car man, and he's doing a whole thing on just how they've managed to keep their those cars going right. for so long, which I find right. fascinating. You know, well so, they have a, you know,
1: the, they have an expression in Cuba, and I'm not going to say it correctly because I don't speak Spanish well. It's called resolver, and the Cubans have had a lot of hard times economically. In fact, mm. they still do, but they but they're very ingenious. They somehow come up with the resolution, resolved there, to problems, mm. and mm-hmm. that's what they did with the cars. They, there were no parts to buy, there were no ways to do it, so they invented stuff to keep the cars running. So,
2: See, ask your like friend when, he when we lived. Yeah, I love when it. When we lived in Mexico, you know the mechanics in Mexico are by far none the best. They will mm-hmm. fix it with a piece of wire, baling wire. Whatever they, they find make on the, half
0: the cars too. Uh, yeah, and yes.
2: what's on the yes. road if they if they don't have the stuff with them they just go walk out a couple you know like two hundred yards and they come back and they I can do it out of this but it's temporary they're really really good they think outside the box.
0: Uh, okay, yep. Libby, what's the name of your book again? Because I I want to read this. Havana I'm so Lost. Interested. Okay, and it's
1: Havana also lost. in Spanish. It, oh, it's been translated cool. into Spanish, but it's Havana Lost. You can oh. get it on on uh, Amazon or any other place, um, and it's in print and audio and uh, ebook. Right no. on.
0: Okay, so what is your champagne
1: toast? My cha- I can even make two of them. One is to my mother, who is ninety-six year old,
0: right
1: still reading mysteries, and love it. Good God, love, it. love her. And the Mm. other is to Edward Snowden, who I don't think is a hero and I don't think is a traitor, but I am very grateful that he said what he did because it started a conversation that this country Mm. needed to have.
0: I agree with you 100%. I think it's a weird – it's like a balance. He's going to teach us balance. Right, um, and now he's winning. and and now he's –
1: he can't get out of Russia. Uh, Yeah. You know, he's, he's in Russia. Oh, my God. So anyway. That's Thank you. A scary, yeah, hello. It's well, a
0: scary can thing. Can I and then say we have that's politics, a really stupid move on our part. I think, I think there's a line. and <laughs> I should rather have them here than there? But the whole privacy, I think that's what's interesting, like Nancy and you talking about Jump Cut, I think it raises these questions that are mm-hmm. in our minds. And as we're in <laughs> election year, very good timing, by the way, of, of your book, um, it is about, hey, you know, what about this, mm-hmm. what about that? And um, I, I look at it like I just, I want I think our country is engaged, and I think the younger generation is engaged, and I think they're kind of pissed right now about the Bernie thing and all that. And yeah. Not, and and I just think it's a very interesting time, and we are in a shift of regime. We're in a shift of the old school, the what we were talking about. I like about. That. Well. Yep. Uh, I mean, yep. you in, know, you're old right. School, the old school. We're in a shift from the old school, and it's okay. You know, change is good. And it's okay yeah. to go to newer pastures, but there's a balance, and it doesn't, you can't. And I think what is hard, and Nancy and I are agents of change. That I think is, if anything, that should be our label. That is what we've done. That should I mean, be the, name of, your, the ch- name of your show. You could change it from the Big Blend to the Agents of Change. Well, Big Blend is about making you Change your mind about things it, it's, it's, the about, thing. it's, it's the same for everything. thing It's It's like it, you know when, when people don't think They're interested in something you know when you Go on the internet and you only search for one Kind of music we're about yeah. showing You something you may never have thought of Instead of doing the same rut It's about changing flipping the Channels well, and finding something new Which is change right. so it all goes yeah. together But it's yeah. about now What I think what is scary to people Is they don't understand that you can Do baby steps there's you don't go from one to the other extreme it's there's you can there's a there's a balance that can happen and i think that's the hardest thing for right now in our country is there's going to be a change whether you like it or not and whether you like that change or not there's going mm-hmm. to be a change i don't care who well, they, gets in power or whatever it's you know there's going to be change and it's about those steps in between and around it. And there's always those steps. So, right.
2: You know, right. It's, it's an interesting time in this country. You know, this could be the first time that we willingly vote in a dictator or not. This is.
0: The, <laughs> no. <laughs> no yeah. it's not not going to happen. Confused.
2: If you if you think about it, if you think about it, you know, we've lived in countries where even as legal immigrants residents, we were not allowed to vote. And mm-hmm. you had to be careful what you say, whatever you said and what you did. And we ran a magazine in South Africa, which eventually had to – I mean, we had to close it and run because Winnie Mandela – Found that we were the only We were the last remaining independent magazine in the country And we do say what we think and we, but we
0: weren't that bad then
2: No, it was a travel magazine But at the end of the day We were media And they wanted us to say What they wanted us to say And I had to say no at that time So we had to wow. burn everything and, and get the hell out So I know what I'm talking about When I say I look at people I'm like what, what does it take to make a dictator? What does it take to make an efficient leader? What does it take to make an efficient one? And mm-hmm. right now I'm looking and saying this country has a problem, not that the country has a problem, but who has been able to pay their way, and I mean it on all fronts, pay their way to mm-hmm. the top.
1: Mm-hmm. Because yeah.
2: well, in this country, if you don't have money, you can't run yeah. for office. And that right. was not the intention of our forefathers. That is definitely not the intentions of the Constitution. And I look at it now, and if, if, if this is a time for people to vote with their brains, not because it's think, they think it's funny to put a so-called whatever in office or a so-called whatever not in office. It's time to really think because this
0: could be really bad. It's well, interesting. Well, Do you think Ellie will end up on the other side of the election?
2: <laughs> no.
1: Oh, uh, oh, you mean on the other side voting for the other guy? I don't think so. No,
0: no, no. I mean on the other oh. side after this election, covering what I'm what actually the next... thinking.
1: I'm actually thinking of having her daughter start to take over for her. Hmm. I'm happy, gonna happen. I'm thinking I'm thinking of having her daughter maybe either becoming a PI or going to the police academy or becoming maybe an investigator a fraud investigator. That's, you know what that's perfect having without yeah.
2: giving away stuff what she went through. She now has everything. Wow. Now she's got the 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 reason, the chops, the Right. Yeah. I want to read it as a daughter. No, I want actually, to go read it. No, actually, yeah, I oh, think on. that's okay. a brilliant idea.
1: That's a so brilliant the, idea. Thank you. So the next book will be both of them, but then it's going to be more and more just Rachel. So yeah, I okay. get a younger vibe going, younger characters, younger audience, which which mm-hmm. is probably good. By the way, but I yeah, did want to say. Could... Hmm? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, your your former guest. Mom with, to go wait, to. wait,
0: wait, wait. Go okay. ahead, Libby.
1: I was just going to say that your former guest was talking about all the wonderful reviews. I did get a starred review from Publishers Weekly for Jump Cut, and yep. um, right on. They they said exceptional as Hellman's convincing conflicted characters face impossible choices. The tension is real and memorable. So. I know the tension
0: is real because of what names he kept coming running out <laughs> and telling me. So.
1: Uh, my my editor, you, you, my editor said when she <laughs> My go editor ahead. when she got to one of the uh very stressful scenes said she had to go down into her kitchen and have a glass of wine. <laughs> oh good. We like that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I know.
0: Okay. That's that's, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. I, You know, and I think the review process, getting the right reviews from the right people is important. And um, I know Nancy definitely enjoyed it, and I get to read Thank it you. now. And I <laughs> want to go, I want to <laughs> read Havana Lost for sure because that is so okay. like. Yeah, that's so nice. Oh, let awesome. me know yeah, what you
2: think.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. And Uh get to Cuba. Get to Cuba before they put up a McDonald's in Havana. I know that's the thing. That's
0: no. the that's danger. Don't that's the danger. It. Mexico Don't did it. it. They have pizza. Yeah, you got to go. They oh. have, yeah, I know. We got to yes. keep it where it's still in that yeah. authentic side. But Libby, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. I know we all gab at one time here. It's been we've got a little delay actually, but um, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. And when we thank do you. some of our industry shows, I hope you join us again. It'd be fun. Thank you. Well, just just. Get in touch. I'm happy to. Right on. And when we get to Chicago, we'll call you. We'll go have okay. wine, terrific at the
1: grocery store. Right. Thing. And 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 we can get pizza there too. Oh.
0: Cool. Okay. I'm You're in. funny. That's I'm in. We go to You're Chicago funny. quicker than you think. We're gonna miss you in winter though. Okay. You don't mind if we you skip your whole mind. winter cycle.
1: I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't advise well, anyone to come between November and March. Okay, but if you want to come to Tucson during that time, it's a good time
0: to come out. That's a long time. I know, but it's okay. We're going back east. See, I'm planning a trip east in in April, May, and then we're going to go up. We're going to go. Our goal is to get to Kentucky and do the Bourbon Trail, and then maybe hit Pennsylvania, maybe Maine, and then we'll circle back and then. We could go Come. through Chicago at that time. Yes, she we may should. never yes, get out of the room. I know Chicago. we may be back on the road full <laughs> time again. I'm done. We'll see what we can do. Uh, everyone, okay. again, LibbyHellman.com, and that's two B's, two L's, and two N's. <laughs> com. It's not the same in Hellsman, Hellman name names. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Sure. Got, You've got, got all the letters in there. And everyone, the book is called Jump Cut, Go and Get It. And it's by Libby Fisher-Hellman. Thank you so much. You take care.
1: You too, ladies. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.